Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and we are back in the building. How are you guys doing today? I am doing well. So I decided, I just made a podcast, my last podcast, about finding the one or knowing if you found the one. And I restrained myself from actually going into a pyramid I had developed in my early 20s to make sure I don't stay in relationships too long. Because I had friends who... Ended up getting married to women who I just thought they they just had a, a like a, they were just compatible, right? They were just like they both. I just didn't want to settle. I saw a lot of my friends settle at the end of college um, into relationships that I was like, I feel like these things look comfortable for them, but I don't know if they're the best thing for them. So I wanted. I came up with a pyramid and. I think it was like 2013, 2013, 2014. And it, it operates not like a, the pyramids in Egypt, more like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But there is also a timing component. And so I'm going to explain it. It's going to make sense as we go in. But this is basically my rubric um, for relationships. Now, I generally don't pull it out until things get a little bit serious with somebody. And then I also use it to diagnose my friend's relationships. And almost all of them fall kind of within this pyramid somewhere. So uh, I hope it can be a handy of service to you. Um, I might make a document of it. So be on the lookout for that. I might, you know, put it out there. If you want, if you want that document, I'm gonna put my email list below. Put your name down there, and I'll probably eventually share it on my email list. But so the bottom of it is sexual attraction. So it's the it's the thing. Every um, block in the pyramid necessitates the previous ones right so it's like you it's not something you beat there they need to continue to be there and then and then you build on top of that but at the base has to be sexual attraction and i say sexual not physical because not all sexual attraction is physical and you can be physically attracted to someone you're not sexually attracted to so and if you just have if i just have sexual attraction with somebody and that's it nothing else we don't no personalities don't vibe nothing just like raw sexual attraction i can date this person maybe go out once twice Anything longer than that, it's going to become toxic. And that's because there's nothing else of value to offer each other. Um, And so that just kept me from like trying to drag out one night stands. I mean, some people drag sexual attraction, literally have nothing else in common all the way to marriage. Um, And I just wanted to make sure I just didn't do that and didn't kind of um, put myself in a situation where I, I basically could indulge in kind of a potentially toxic situation, right? Because you're wasting their time, they're wasting your time. The next one up is personality compatibility. Now, this, um, remember, sexual attraction, they're already, se- you both are sexually into each other. And then, but personality compatibility is where a girl, like, laughs at your jokes. She, like, you flirt well. You know, it's not deeper conversations. You just have, like, a little bit of a banter. You know, it's just fun. Um, n- nothing deeper, right? You guys don't really have any interest in common, but, and th- you guys kind of find each other interesting, but you guys don't have shared interests per se. This, for me, is tolerable from anywhere from two to five dates. After that, it's going to turn toxic because I'm going to feel stifled. She's going to feel stifled. We don't have any other deeper interests, and we're just vibing off of the fact that our personalities kind of click. That's going to kind of limit the ability to kind of have a deep bond with somebody, and it's going to leave a lot of us unfulfilled within the relationship. Uh, now, there's going to be a lot of explaining, like repeated explaining on yourself or stuff like that like you and so yeah personality compatibility is number two then three i have um integral interest so what i mean by this is like 
I'm, I need someone who is intellectually curious. Uh, if they're not, I cannot be in a relationship with them. Now, they don't have to be intellectually curious about the same things that I'm into because I can be in- intellectually curious just about anything. But being intellectually curious is a way of seeing the world, right? Let's say if somebody likes hunting, the other person likes hiking, they have an integral interest of the outdoors. If somebody likes sculptures, other person likes art, like paintings, they have an integral interest of aesthetics, sports, things like that, where you guys can, there's like a more of a cone of, of shared interest and a relation to each other's world, right? It's not that you're the same person, but that you guys can relate to the things and you don't, don't find the interest that you both have stupid. Now, I know there are tons of relationships that don't even have integral interesting, but for me, I really wanted that because I think that there's something beautiful that happens when you can just like just talk for hours about something and obsess about something together and it gives opportunities to build and do projects together. There's a lot that can manifest when you have an integral interest. Next one up is lifestyle compatibility. Now this is huge. Um, And the example I wanna use is I have a friend, Robert. Robert, his mom, his dad, all of them love smoking marijuana. They, They have bongs at the house, it's really great. They're up class family, very refined, but they all smoke weed and if a girl, if Robert is to date a girl and her be his girlfriend, she can't just like begrudgingly accept the fact that he smokes marijuana. She has to accept it and honestly, probably smoke it in order for the best relationship to take place. Another example of this is um, I have a cousin. She was dating a doctor. She was a business executive at the time. And she would travel a lot for work and he didn't like that because he didn't have to travel. So he was bored and alone a lot. So even if they had the other three things, their lifestyles were antagonistic for them having a good relationship. And, you know, um, me and my ex-girlfriend, she didn't want to move to New York. That's a lifestyle compatibility issue because I want to live in New York. She wants to live somewhere else. That's going to be a problem. So, you know, and like the thing is, is like if a person is really gritting their teeth and being together like or in in trying to basically accept your lifestyle i think that's going to have cracks in the relationship for the longer term so you might be able to white knuckle your way through it but over time it's going to be taxing the next one up is life goal synchronization now this is a point where the relationship has reached a multi-year relationship and it is uh also where things like financial compatibility come in so spending habits um, family compatibility, whether or not you're compatible with your family, but whether their family is compatible with you, whether, you know, like you can see like that kind of thing, how that person interacts in the greater scheme of your life. And also the reason why I call it life goal synchronization is because if let's say, um, in how I met your mother, there was a season where Ted, the protagonist, he is an architect and the girl he's dating was a chef. Hold on one second. Let me take a drink and clear my throat. And um, she, so she's a chef and she had an opportunity to be a chef in France and it was a great career opportunity. She couldn't turn her nose up at it. And he's an architect. He can't move to France because, you know, they don't, whatever, there's probably different qualifications, all these other things. So he wasn't able to move to France. And so, but he's pursuing his dream of being an architect. And so if someone continue if they continue to be in that relationship someone was going to have to give up on their purpose in order to be in the relationship 
And that would, to me, that I feel that's unacceptable. I feel like if both people are pursuing their goals, now if one person isn't, and you you don't have to date someone with a larger, like, massive person, like, thing, maybe they just, like, like a chill, relaxed life, and they're, you, you make the money, and they're actually just really there to support you. That's fine, right? That's also life goal synchronization. But if they, if their life goals are frustrated by your life, right, if they can't achieve their own personal journey, their own personal legend, their hero's journey, because you, they are in a relationship with you, I think that leads to a situation of harbored resentment that will rear later on. And same with me. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody where I have to sacrifice my own hero's journey for the satisfaction of the relationship. And so that, but if you have somebody who does do that, and you guys are like financially compatible, argument compatibility is huge at this stage, and also um, overall family compatibility. If all these things are going, then you get profound friendship and understanding. This is this is this is the next. This is engagement, early marriage um, level. And this is more descriptive of the relationship than anything. But before I get engaged to somebody, I want them to be in the class of individual that I am closer to this person than I am just about anybody else in this plant on the on the in the world. Um, I want them to be somebody that I can be say a lot of my my weirdest and darkest and most insane thoughts to. I want them to be somebody I can joke about a lot of different things to. I I, I want the breadth of our experience to be really I want the the ability to to express myself to be uninhibited um by their sensibilities and i want the same for me i want them to be able to share whatever dark fucked up thought that they have and i want to have a shared a deep lexicon of experience and 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 things like that so that we can we can really flourish and at that point i'll know that that's somebody i want to get engaged to and early marriage and, and like really working on that and at the zenith of this pyramid at the top the apex is the um excuse me is um, interdependent fulfillment and perpetual growth. And interdependent fulfillment and perpetual growth is this, is that, you know, in the kind of archetypal family relationship, there is the dad who brings home the money, the mom who, who works on the kids. There's not really overlap in purpose. The man gets his purpose from his job. The wife gets his purpose from the kids. I think ideally I would like someone who I have interdependent fulfillment with so that our goals are unified by our action, not just in lip service, that our, our successes happen through a similar conduit, at least in a couple places, right? I want that our kids are, we, we both take an active role in our kids' life and, and developing them into the people that I want them to be. And then the secondary thing is perpetual growth. That means we grow separately. So like this, uh, this is why I want someone who like works out and has their own projects and things like that. So the relationship remains interesting. And so that is my pyramid of relationships. And it is, you know, I think it's pretty good. I think it's easy to kind of benchmark you know, I don't, you know, when I told my father about it, he said that it was a great list, but to to not use it too much and that you're kind of going to have an intuitive sense or understanding. And what, what he, he's been really right about that is that I am 
you know, I look at my last relationship, um, ended at lifestyle, compa- uh, lifestyle compatibility. And the thing is, is if even if we had dragged on beyond there, there were all these other issues that would have been frustrated later on that would have definitely been bigger problems. And so that I put them up and I, I just kind of intuitively do this. If I just if I just think a girl's hot, I'm just we might hook up once or twice, but I'm really not going to invest in a, a relationship beyond that. If if I think she's really interesting, smart and funny and or if she's just fun to hang out with and but like I don't get intellectually stimulated from being around her if she doesn't push me then I'm going to then I'm going to probably pull the cord early and um oh I didn't say this when with integral interest that's somebody you date um but you're not exclusive so you guys date you know but you're not an exclusive item you probably are dating other people and I've had that's that's probably the place that I've been the most. I've had a lot of integral interest relationships, right? Where they're kind of intellectuals. We have fun. We'll hook up. We'll we'll hang out. Um, you know, go through months without seeing each other, but then hang out again. It's always a fun time. But there's something that's missing that I don't have that she doesn't have. That's kind of keeping us from being like I want to date you only. Right. There, there is like a, a like a little bit of gap on on that. And it's fine. Like, I think it's it's part of the beauty of investing in yourself is that you can be discriminating in that way. And they are discriminating, too. And so, you know, um, and like here, here, here's actually there was a girl I dated when I first got to New York. I'm, I'm not always the one in, enforcing the list on people. Right. Um, when I first moved to New York, there's this girl I was dating and she was great. She ended up going to Harvard Law, like fucking just amazing girl super cute really fucking smart um just uh somebody that i really really liked and i you know she she enforced kind of my list on on me where she was like i just don't see where this is going and (laughs) this is a funny story funny fun time story was um i so yeah we, we dated um then she stopped answering my things, kind of goes to me. Then she just told me she's like started seeing somebody. And that was that, right? And um, when then uh, I had a girl who was uh, who became a girlfriend of mine back when I was in a polyamorous relationship. She came to visit me and um, in New York and we went to the Met. And uh, the Met is, for those of you who don't know, is like one of the biggest museums in New York. It's where the Met Gala is, which is probably... I would say the most prestigious event in the world, arguably. Um, and um, it's like the real, if, if you go to the Met Gala, it's the real who's who. But like on every day, it's just a gorgeous museum with a lot of historical artifacts, a lot of historical art. So on the way there, I'm telling her about this girl um, that, you know, and I, I'm explaining to her that like, oh, like as at the time she had just applied to law school. She wasn't in yet. And um, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure she's going to go to Harvard. And, um, you know, she was, she was and, and our last date before we ended things was to go to the Met. That was where we were going to go. And we had kind of like a relationship where things like that, like we might have hooked up at the Met. Right. So I was like, <laughs> I was I was like telling her about that stuff. And so me and this other girl, we we go to the the Met and we hang out there for like two hours. And we're we're there, we're going, we're having a good time. We sit at the cafeteria for a while, and then all of a sudden we run into her and her new boyfriend. And here's the other thing I didn't mention: her uh, her new boyfriend. Um, I said, you know, I think 
she started seeing somebody at her firm, you know, and uh, because she was working at a firm before going to law school. We run into them. It is exactly that circumstance. She was dating somebody at her firm. She did get into Harvard Law and then we, we, you know, blah, 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 everything like that. And I had my tooth chipped that weekend, like my tooth randomly chipped in the front. And so it was just the worst. Um, it was like the worst time to see somebody like the girl I was dating was very beautiful, but just my tooth being chipped just kind of made me feel very self-conscious. And, um, and then me and that other girl went in, um, uh, hooked up at the Met. <laughs> and so it was just this really kind of crazy story of like, what are the odds of, of running into somebody in the thing? Had no idea. Like we no longer followed each other on social media. It was just like one of those moments where it was like, I call it like the universe winking at you or, uh, my friend Justin says that the universe flick flicking at you. And um, yeah, but that was a, a moment where I had my own thing forced upon me where the girl I was seeing didn't see it going anywhere. And I, I didn't I didn't meet her standards or qualifications. So, you know, and she was 100 percent right to do that. Like, you know, um, I think that a lot of times people try to, to shove somebody into a spot that they don't fit. But the problem that I'm going to say that a lot of people have is it is great to be discriminating. And what I mean, not like racially discriminating, except you know what I mean, having having a discriminating choice of person, this is the most important investment of your life. But that being said, you need to make sure that you're valuable enough to have the taste that you have. And what I mean by this, if, if you have a if you have a taste for expensive French cuisine, yet you are broke, you will starve because you do not have the facilities you don't have the facilities for that big man <laughs> that's a tiktok trend um but you don't have the basically the equity to basic to um have the taste that you have and that's the problem i see with a lot of people right now is they don't have the the internal equity to have the romantic taste that they have and same you know what i'm not i'm not alone i'm not saying this is just about other people because that that has been an affliction of mine like I dated really amazing chicks, uh, but sometimes my own my own value proposition is frustrated because you have to understand a lot of the most desirable people have tons and tons of options. I'm, you know, and so if you're trying to reach up and you're trying to get the best possible person you can date, like there's something that's important to remember. Man, this is a lot longer of a podcast than I thought it'd be, but I think that there's a lot of value in this podcast. Is that what you have to remember is this. A person that will kiss you isn't necessarily a person that will have sex with you. A person that will have sex with you isn't a per- necessarily a person who will date you. A person who will date you isn't necessarily someone who will want to become your girlfriend. A person who wants to become your girlfriend won't necessarily be someone who wants to become your wife or your husband. And so sometimes we get a false positive where, and th- this is the situation that I've found myself in, and I'm sure you guys have too, where, and, and it, it actually begins before kissing. A person who spends time with you isn't necessarily somebody who will want to kiss you. And so a person who kisses you won't necessarily want to have sex with you. A person who has sex with you won't necessarily want to date you. A person who dates you won't necessarily want to be your girlfriend. A person who wants to be your girlfriend won't necessarily want to become your wife. And so sometimes you get a false positive where you're having sex with somebody and it's great, but you don't have the equity to have them want to be your girlfriend. 
or you'll have someone who will kiss you, but they don't really want to have sex with you. Or you have somebody, and this is a lot of something that afflicts a lot of men, is you have someone who loves spending time with you, but they don't want to kiss you. And this has to do with your value proposition as a sexual entity. Now, here's a caveat. It has to do with taste as well, right? Um, you know, there was a time after my breakup where I was like, you know, and I, if you want to listen to more about how I got over my heartbreak, I think I, I, that's my favorite episode on this podcast. Um, but maybe because it was the most self-indulgent. I I was like, I'm going to come famous and then she'll want to be my girlfriend again. The problem with that thinking is, here's the thing. She's just a regular chick. So if I need to be famous to keep a relationship with someone who's just a regular person, then that's not the relationship for me. Right? If you, that's, Sometimes you will have to spend too much to get too little out of something, right? Because you, you have a finite amount of time, you have a finite amount of time to date, and you have a finite amount of time to build a connection to forge a lasting relationship. And so if I am trying to become famous to date, to sustain a relationship with somebody who is ordinary and probably, you know, she would probably date whoever she, she would date um, after me if they weren't famous, then that means that they should be with that person and not me. And there's tons of people who want to be in a relationship with me right now who want me even without the fame. So, and then the third caveat of this is if I was trying to date someone famous like Rooney Mara, right? Rooney Mara was in Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. She was in The Social Network. She was in uh, Her. She's beautiful. I, I, I just think she's the prettiest girl, but she comes from a family of billionaires. She's very famous. If I want to date her, Emma Watson, yeah, I need to be famous because they are famous, right? They are, they are, they are basically of that cast of individual. And so to, for me to compete at that level, I would probably have to be famous or hyper wealthy or something to that effect. But if you need fame to just date someone regular, then that person's not the person for you. If you and especially if you've worked on a lot of the other things in the relationship. So there is a concept of trying to win somebody. And I'm going to talk about that. I'll probably talk about that tomorrow, about the idea and the insidious nature of trying to win somebody's affection anyway guys until next time i hope this has been helpful um as always like follow share subscribe um and yeah follow me on tiktok follow me on instagram i would really appreciate that and i'm gonna put my email list in the description put your email down below my book is finished i am waiting for my friend to finish writing the forward which is he's he's finishing writing a book for a big publisher so it's taking forever and also i don't want to release anything now in a corona world but put your name down and i will put you on my email list to know about when my book is released the power bible and i'll send you guys the graph of my um, own batiz relationship pyramid <laughs> anyway guys godspeed and good night